Ignition sequence start. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Lift off. What's up, guys? Welcome into the inaugural episode of the Take It to the Tips podcast. I am your host, as always, Matt. So, if you guys have watched my intro video that I brought out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff the other day, um, you'll kind of know what's going on here. But if you didn't, I'll just go into a little intro of what my process is here, what this journey is about, what the podcast is about, obviously, and then we'll take it from there, go into the kind of first episode of what we have planned. So... Let's dive into it a little bit. So this is going to be a new golf podcast discussing essentially how golf has morphed and been pushed to the tips, essentially. So taking it to the tips, pushing it all the way back as players get this increased distance. So there's the change of the players, the change of the equipment, and then the kind of corresponding changes of the golf courses that has happened to this point. Um, so as we go into this, the first episode is going to be more about how we got to this point, some of the main players, um, some of the reasons we got here. And then, um, besides that, going to educate you on how you yourself can take it to the tips. So whether it be diving into some research that can help you guys, case studies, personal knowledge, I'll get into that a little bit, uh, later. And then all of that and how it can improve your golf performance, improve your distance, power, speed, and just general longevity in the game. Because above all, above distance, above everything, the reason we play is because you can play it for your entire life, which is why I think golf is the greatest game in the world. Um, and then besides that with the podcast, just general entertainment, typical course talk, interviews, we have one lined up already, but uh, just kind of make it a fun, engaging listen. So getting into me a little bit, uh, I'm a doctor of physical therapy with a passion for sport performance and specifically a love for golf. Um, so I was heavy into this subject material in college and physical therapy school. So I was a personal trainer in school. I co-founded a manual physical therapy group, served on a national board for that group. Um, I was really just focused on getting my hands on people, focused on rehab, rehabbing from injuries, prevention of injuries, and then performance in sport after that. So like I said in the intro video, real life hits, needed a job, had to buy a house, all that fun stuff. So I took a little detour from my main passion of sport, sport performance um, and golf just to get kind of my life in order, you could say. But um, 2021 is the year I get back into it. And in addition to this podcast specifically, um, like I said, I'm a physical therapist and I'm going to be in the near future going to local country clubs to start with what I said my focus is going to be on, rehabbing from injury, preventing injury, and helping you perform um, with your golf game. So this requires me to get my TPI certification, which is also coming up in the near future, right into the spring. This is being filmed on a blizzard day on February 1st, 
but you guys aren't going to hear it until hear it or see it until um, next week, probably. So you're going to hear it first end of the first second week, beginning of the second week of February. Um, so like I said, we're in the winter right now. It's brutal, but I plan on getting into country clubs, local tracks in the area to help people around my region uh, improve their golf games, improve their uh, performance, fitness, and health in general. And then um, I can help you too. It doesn't just have to be my the people in this area. I'm going to be posting golf-specific training videos, um, social media content, live stream, PGA 2K, injury evals, where I can be playing and you guys can chat. Um, you can send in whatever questions you have for me. I'm going to help you uh, get over your injuries, improve your performance, any of that stuff. And then in addition, I'm going to go over my own kind of journey. So my own golf performance, mobility, which I have very little of. But um, as you guys get to know me, you're going to know how how poor my flexibility is, which I want to get better so I can improve my golf game. So yeah, like I said, reach out. Um, the social media handles I have all over the place. So on the podcast, it's going to be Take It to the Tips. And you could listen to that on whichever your favorite hosting platform is. Uh, go over to my YouTube channel. It is DM Golf. And same thing on Facebook. It is DM Golf. And then follow me on Twitter at Doc Marags. So DM Doc Marags. That's me. So that's generally the intro. Like I said, if you want a more full breakdown of what all of my plans are, both um, personally, professionally, and entertainment-wise, head on over to my YouTube channel, and um, you can see that full intro video for yourself. I went over a brief little summary of it here, but like I said, check out the full thing over on YouTube. So transitioning to our main topic, this first episode and the second episode as well is going to be a two-part pod, essentially. So part one today, we're going to go over the timeline of this morphing of the golf game, how we are and have been taking it to the tips, go over the key figures, player changes, all of that at kind of like an introductory level because there's so much I can break down with it. So we're going to go just a general history, breaking it down, kind of set the players of the game to start. And then part two, we're going to go over the equipment changes, um, course changes, responses to potentially combat it, rolling stuff back, all the good stuff. So let's dive into part one for today. So looking at the timeline and how golfers have turned into the kind of big athletic, just sportly looking guys that we see today, people like... Um, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, Rory McIlroy, um, Cam Champ. I could go on and on and on and on and on because they all look very fit and healthy and athletic. And that's the reason why they're some of the best players in the game. Um, but let's take it back a little bit before we get to this point. So let's go all the way back to, say, I don't know, 1953 when golf was televised for the first time. I mean, pretty much before that, they're, they're basically playing with a stick and a rock. Basically. Um, so let's dive into the first guy who really 
really accelerated golf and made made golfers athletes essentially now he was quite the pioneer at this time and i'm gonna go over why but that player is gary player so gary player is essentially like i said the the pioneer of golf fitness he turned pro in the late 50s he was so how he actually got into it was he was the brother of a world war ii veteran and his brother actually convinced him that health and fitness were important and essential especially if you're going to become a pro athlete, a golfer. So Gary Player, he was at his height, uh, 5'6", 150 pounds, which is not big for athletes, as far as athletes go. When he started doing this, the other professionals essentially thought that he was a madman um, and just complete like psycho for lifting weights. They thought that so players and critics thought back in those stone ages that he wouldn't last professionally past 35 years old, which is ridiculous. It honestly just goes to show you how far we've come in like, I mean, it's 2021 now, but how far we came just from like 1950 to 2020 in terms of knowledge of fitness. Um, so getting back to Gary Player. Like I said, everybody else thought he was a nutcase for lifting weights. And looking back, like he really wasn't doing anything crazy. He was just, he wasn't doing any like crazy plyometrics or training with the military tiger, uh, or really doing anything out of the ordinary other than just general Olympic lifts. You're just performing just the, essentially the big three, like stuff like squats, deadlifts, bench, Nothing super insane. They're some of the most basic lifts possible. Now, looking at stuff like bench press, is that bad for your shoulders? Coming coming from a big-time bencher, uh, I can say yes, but uh, I'm pretty positive Gary Player wasn't throwing around um, that much weight back in the day that he's going to kill his shoulders. So squats, great for your overall fitness and power. Deadlifts. Great for your overall fitness and power when performed correctly, especially for a golfer. Uh, it's a whole body swing, essentially, and both squats and deadlifts are whole body exercises. So he wasn't doing anything nuts. He was just doing the regular exercises, which right now we think of as the basic lifts. And I think it's just nuts how everybody thought that he was a psycho for doing relatively basic lifts. But what are you going to do? It's the 50s and the 60s. So moving on from Gary Player, who else is there going up to, leading up to eventually Tiger in the late 20th century? Um, so throughout most of the 1950s to 2000s, uh, essentially golfers were warned about avoiding the gym. Everybody thought that it would tighten them up, affect their swing, and then cause injury, which is uh, all a lie, plain and simple. Um, they were told that walking on the course is... Good enough for your general exercise, which it is good exercise, but it's not going to improve your power and performance walking and playing golf on on a course every day. It's just not going to do anything for you. Uh, you can practice. You can better your swing. You can better your skills, but you're not going to improve your distance after that. Like once you max out that point, you're not going to go, you're not going to continue to progress if you're just walking a golf course every day. 
So most of the great players at that point were pretty skinny, and the motto at that point was thin to win. Uh, so there was like a chunky Jack Nicholas at that point, and he eventually got skinny. Um, and there's a couple couple beefy guys, but for the most part, it was all the thin to win motto, like I said. So moving on a little bit, in 1980 was the first time that uh, driving distance was tracked. <clears throat> the average distance of a drive in 1980 sorry, was 257 yards. By the mid-90s, we're starting to see players hit it quite a bit further. Um, and the driving distance accelerated quickly. Next name I bring up is not what you think of as golf fitness, but John Daly led the way for quite a number of years in the 90s and early 2000s uh, as he was the first player to average over 300 yards driving the ball. So it's the golf game is obviously not all fitness. Like I said, the guys in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, until now, honestly, they're not all like fitness fanatics where they're not all big hunks like uh, Bryson DeChambeau or Brooks Kepka, any of those guys. There's a lot of still thin guys out there that play the game, people like Justin Thomas. Um, and then, so like I said, it's not all fitness, though don't forget John Daly's flexibility when he's able to basically wrap his club around his neck. And so, I mean, you have all that potential energy if you're able to bring it back and then complete the swing coming through if you're not going to fall off the plane there. So even though he wasn't the model of fitness, fitness was still a part of him leading the tour in driving distance for years and years and years because of some of the flexibility that he had that can that enables him to have that very powerful swing. So, and then besides this, going into the 90s, 2000s, and later, it also highlights the progression of the gear that the player is using, whether it be the ball or the club, and the many different um, iterations of each. But that is a later episode, so we'll get away from that. And then, in addition to... John Daly back then, there wasn't a ton of other like big fitness guys. There was uh, Greg Norman, uh, who always kind of is a little butthurt that he wasn't so much credited for uh, the transition into golf performance and fitness, but he'll be all right. And now we dive into Tiger Woods a little bit. So obviously there's going to be a full episode on Tiger Woods he was essentially the the face of golf fitness and golf in general. And he has been for the majority of this millennia and right into the nineties or right through the nineties, I guess into this millennia. Now did his fitness passion that eventually, so he went from thin to win to big time fitness guy. Now did this help him achieve some of his greatest heights? 100%. Absolutely. Did this also potentially lead to his current state? Probably. Now, do I think do I think he did everything correctly? No. If you have done any research, if you're a big tiger head, like most golfer golf fans are, which I certainly am, you know some of the things he did were not the best for his body and were not 
golf specific, like some of the Navy SEAL training, when he just got his knee obliterated on. And the body works together in unison, and I'm going to get into this later. Uh, plenty of times in plenty of different episodes, but the body works in unison. His knee was getting messed up, which caused problems with the hips, the back, especially for a golf swing where the, the back is so important. If there's something down the line that is off, you're going to potentially have problems upstream, which we're going to get into at a later date. But essentially, I believe Tiger was all the better for for some of his golf fitness and being the face of golf fitness in the early 2000s. But I also think some of the fitness that he was working on definitely led has led to his current state, but he's still the goat. Uh, so tiger at this point. So he inspired an entire generation of players, players who are now some of the best athletes in the world. Some of the guys that I started with talking about, um, Rory Bryson, DJ Brooks, etc. All of these guys, everybody in the game today that is a big time player was growing up and was a young kid or early teens when Tiger was at his max and he was ruling golf. So all of these guys were inspired by what he did to get his body to a place where he can annihilate the field. Uh, and now everybody's doing that, which is, I think it's good. I think it's, it's no wonder that a lot of these top players are also some of the most fit players. Uh, players are growing up now at a young age, working in the gym, utilizing the latest and greatest fitness gear uh, and swing technology. And then we'll d eventually we'll dive into the habits of many of these players. So we're going to break down individual players um, training habits. So whether it be, Obviously, Tiger, Bryson, um, Dustin Johnson, Rory, yada, yada, yada. We're going to break a lot of those down, see what fits your game. Um, because they're not doing anything that's impossible for everyday athletes to do. Is it difficult because they have a lot more time? Absolutely. But you can incorporate these things, even if it's not all of them, into your own game at some point. So looking at the differences between... Gary player to tiger to now. So there's going to be a more precise and focused training video or focused video on training in the future, but understanding the critical components of the golf swing and specifically addressing, addressing all of that kind of stuff is helps players enormously in maximizing their full potential of their body and their golf swing. So, these new technologies can pick up millisecond deviations in mobility, flexibility, strength, um, power, just by looking at the golf swing. And then once those deficits are seen, they can easily be addressed through flexibility, mobility, strength, power training, any of that stuff can really dive into the minutia and affect, affect the player's performance, which is awesome. So, some of these things are the advent of a slow-mo video, uh, launch monitors, swing analyzers, which are really big today and relatively inexpensive. Um, now, not for like something like a TrackMan, which is madness, but there are plenty of launch monitors that uh, can help your game that are like 250, 300 bucks, which I think we're going to do an episode in the future on as well. Like I said, in a lot of this episode, there's going to be a lot of 
these topics that are addressed in future episodes, which is why this is essentially the intro. And now we get to Bryson. So just like Tiger, there's going to be another full episode on Bryson DeChambeau. But the guy's bulking up like a meathead while he golfs. Uh, the extra strength and the extra mass is giving him the ability to throw his club back faster and then accelerate it faster uh, to hit the golf ball. So if we have an increased back, sw- back swing speed or takeaway, um, that leads to the greater potential energy. And then he has a greater mass that allows him to swing it faster, which also increases potential energy, which leads to him having a crazy swing speed and ball speed and can launch the ball like no one else at the moment. So currently, as of this recording, he's leading the PGA Tour in driving distance at what would be an all-time high of 329 yards. Now, is it sustainable? I believe it is. How is he doing it? I'm going to get into it. And then is all the science that he's using totally legit? Some of it's a little um, pseudoscience-esque, like retraining his central nervous system. There's parts of that that can be true, parts of it that are eh, but I'm going to dive into that as well. And then where's this taking golf? So that's a great segue into the what will be part two of this episode um, that addresses the equipment revolution, uh, golf course responses, and then what's next, whether it be the clubs, balls, all that stuff. So that is it for the first episode of the Take It to the Tips podcast. Um, I'm your host, Matt. I'm going to do this every week. There's going to be also so much more besides just this podcast. So be sure to follow the podcast, subscribe there, subscribe to my YouTube channel at DM Golf uh, and my Facebook page, same thing, DM Golf. And then on Twitter, it is at Doc Marags. Like I said, the podcast is to entertain, help you. But the overall goal of this entire venture is I'm a physical therapist. I want to help you and improve players' performance with golf. So the main three goals here are rehab from injury, prevent injury, and then golf performance. So I'm here to help you do all of those things while also uh, giving you some entertainment, giving you some fun interviews that we're going to do coming up in a couple episodes. Like I said, have one lined up. We're going to keep doing that going forward. And I really just, I'm excited for the whole journey. I think you guys are going to like it. And uh, that's it for the episode one. Part two is coming up next week, and I will see all of you guys then. Peace.